when you're up against the networks that have been engaged in a regime change coup against Donald Trump for four years, you're dealing with the CIA assassins, the NSA spies, uh, you're, you're dealing with people who are very evil and nasty people. You, you look at someone like Brennan, who met with Obama every Tuesday to plan out which civilians they were going to kill in the Middle East with drones. The Washington Post is saying this is part of the democratic reform that has to go on. Get rid of the role of the legislators. Get rid of the role of Congress. Um, you have to have universal registration. That is, states and local governments have nothing to do with registering voters and mass mail-in voting. You know, what, what we're seeing is the end of a system. That's what we're really dealing with. With the global economy being in shambles and central bankers moving towards a reset, it's never been a better time to protect your wealth by owning precious metals. Contact Andy at milesfranklin.com. Tell him Sarah sent you. He promised me he will guarantee you the lowest price anywhere in the country. Remember, email Andy at milesfranklin.com and tell him Sarah sent you. It's never been a better time to protect your future than now. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Harley Schlanger coming to the program. This has to be one of the best conversations I've had with Harley. I think, I hope you guys will really enjoy it or get a lot out of it. You know, at these times, it's hard to really enjoy some of these tough subjects, but it's so important that we talk about it, we learn about it, and we understand it. So we dive into quite a bit of the history and where we're really at and talk about what's happening right now and who are the big players, you know, the central bankers, and how does the globalist and the giant reset play into this huge coup that's going on in Washington and what's going to happen over the next couple days and what that means to the United States and to the world. It's an important interview and I want to get into it. It's long. It's two parts. Um, so be sure you watch the second part. Before we get into the interview, I want to remind you to go to sarahwestall.com, see my, my articles. Also subscribe to my other platforms. sarahwestall.tv is safe. If they start taking down, they've been hitting BitChute. They've been hitting Odyssey. It's been really difficult for people to watch some of these videos because they've been nailing these platforms. But sarahwestall.tv has not been touched and it's going to be safer as we go into the future. You also will be able to see exclusives. There's right now there's 15 exclusives up there for you. My patrons also get access to the exclusives, but again, um, those will be, those are hosted on BitChute. So if something happens at BitChute, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what else to do. It, we're in a very crazy time, but at least they're up there and people can get access to these exclusive videos up at sarahwestall.tv. And I want to thank everybody who supports the program. We're starting a new year. I'm hoping 2021 will be better. And I am so thankful that you have all stuck with me because we are in a tough time and I'm learning too. And this is a learning process for all of us as to what to do and how to go forward, who's involved and how we can essentially make this a better place for humanity going forward and our children and for the future generations. So let's get into this important interview with Harley Schlanger. Hi, Harley. Welcome back to the program. Hi, Sarah. Good to see you again. 
It's great to have you. You're the perfect guest for, for this because I know that you and LaRouche Pack are right on the forefront of what's going on and know know what's happening. And so I want to talk to you about, you know, so many balls are up in the air. People are very confident in both directions, whether Trump is going to um, stay or whether he's, you know, we're going to overcome this election fraud or not. Um, my, I, I want to ask you what's really going on in Washington. It seems that there are all sorts of politics going on and blackmail is kind of the, the thing right now, whether the people are blackmailed or not. But it really seems that the majority are blackmailed and are afraid to stand for what's right. What do you see going on? Well, I think that's a very uh, astute observation. The When you're up against the networks that have been engaged in a regime change coup against Donald Trump for four years, you're dealing with the CIA assassins, the NSA spies, uh, you're, you're dealing with people who are very evil and nasty people. Uh, the fact that the FBI was never cleaned up, never brought to task for what it did against Donald Trump, that Christopher Ray is still in there. Remember, the FBI under J. Edgar Hoover specialized in blackmailing politicians and judges. Uh, you, you look at someone like Brennan, who met with Obama every Tuesday to plan out which civilians they were going to kill in the Middle East with drones. So, you know, there's a lot of wet works and a lot of false flags, a lot of slander and smearing going on. And I think just to, I'd like to just start by giving you a sense of something that's very typical, which came in the editorial page of The Washington Post Saturday and Sunday. They ran editorials that essentially called for shredding the Constitution when it comes to elections, uh, getting rid of Article <laughs> 2, Sections 1 and 2, which is what uh, defines the role of state legislatures and electors. That's what's coming up tomorrow. The question of will the legislatures be brought in to determine who are the uh, uh, who should be certified as electors. The Washington Post is saying this is part of the democratic reform that has to go on. Get rid of the role of the legislators. Get rid of the role of Congress. Um, you have to have universal registration, that is, states and local governments have nothing to do with registering voters, and mass mail-in voting. So oh, the Washington Post, which is at the center of the military-industrial complex, which now has brought in the big tech and, and these kinds of firms, uh, they're making it absolutely clear that what happened in two th 2016 should never be allowed to happen again. And if you have to rip up the Constitution to assure that, do it. And let me clarify what they mean. They mean we want to set who wins from here on out. We determine who wins. You guys can go act like you're voting, but we're going to determine who wins and we're going to fix it every time. That's exactly what it says, because the founding fathers had protections against both the idea of a mass democracy, but also private interests being able to control elections by having the uh, elected officials closest to the people, namely state legislators, having a say in the choice of electors and, and in the voting process. The Washington Post is now saying that's too democratic. That's too much of a threat to our establishment. And of course, not surprisingly, the Post has been at the center of the Russiagate lies that have been spewed out over the last four years. So 
you know, what, what we're looking at is whether tomorrow, January 6th, will be the culmination of a four-year regime change coup against Donald Trump, or whether there will be enough people in the Senate and House who can stand up and at least postpone a final decision, which would give the population more time to mobilize and other kinds of options. And, and one of the things, look, I think the, the president has missed one opportunity, which is he should have appointed a special counsel as soon as it became clear that the battleground states were targeted for fraud uh, by November 4th. You need to have a prosecutorial power to investigate the kind of fraud that went on because it wasn't just old-fashioned ballot stuffing. That always goes on in the no. urban centers that con are controlled by Democrats. How do you track the cyber fraud? And one of the things Roger Stone told me that not too long ago, before he announced that he was uh, organizing the Stop the Steal campaign, Roger said, if you want to get the accurate vote, you've got to seize the files of the FBI, the CIA, and the NSA. That hasn't been done. Barr stood in the way of it. The Justice Department said they saw no evidence of fraud. <laughs> so, you know, the, the question is not, was there fraud? The question is, how do you prove it and track it? And by having prosecutors with subpoena power and the ability to file criminal charges, that's how you do it. Well, and and I got, yeah, and that hasn't been done, but they, yeah, they have to get at the Dominion software, the, all the software data. But the user, the voting data that the New York Times used and then the media used to post the vote tallies shows a lot of fraud right there. That just that intermediate intermediate data does show it. Now that's not the source data. They need to get to the source data. It's really sad that they can't get to the source data because without that. How do you, I mean, you can still prove it. You can prove this stuff went on, which is what's going on here. I mean, we have over 50,000 affidavits. But sorry, one, one point on that. Go ahead. And this is really, I think, important. To coordinate this volume of irregularities to get a desired outcome requires a top-down operation. There may be people on the local level who are instructed to do things that violate the law. Exactly. You've got to start talking to them and trace it on up. But I, I think the important point here is that this was has to be investigated as a criminal fraud, mm -hmm. a continuation of the criminal cabal that ran the coup against Trump from the day he won the Republican nomination, or actually when he was winning the Republican nomination. Mm -hmm. And this is why yep. the Barr-Durham uh, failure is so important. This is why the media role is so important. And you brought up before this question of blackmail. Why is it that there's not one judge in the country who will allow the interrogation of the people who filed affidavits? That's exactly right. And I, and I want to know, do you believe that all these judges are blackmail? I know the blackmail system is very deep and wide and scary. I did a, the, the, the uh, interview I did with Detective Ross Nine, Jimmy Boots, was about blackmail. And we coined the term blackmail is the currency of the powerful. And that started going around. We, it was part of the uh, Q Great Awakening book, but that interview they've included in that book. But uh, I never imagined how deep and wide it was with the justice system as well. And 
the fact that they have this whole thing covered. I mean, do you think people have the courage to say, okay, I might, I'm blackmailed. This is serious, but my whole country is on the line and I have to do what's right. Well, this is why I brought, started out by saying that the people that do the blackmailing also do wet works. They do killing. They uh, loosen the lug nuts on tires, on cars that get involved in accidents. You know, they mix up medicines at pharmacies. They do all sorts of things. They threaten families. It's not just the people who are the judges and others who, who are fearful. They're fearful of what's going to happen to their kids and grandkids. And this is a sign of a corrupt and collapsing system. Now, many people are saying, well, if they get away with this this time, the, the country's finished. I don't believe that. I think too many people now have seen the corruption and have been affected directly by the corruption. And this is largely a question on the one side of leadership, but also of an awakened citizenry. And my personal view is that whatever happens tomorrow and whatever happens with the inauguration day, uh, we haven't seen the end of this fight. And I think that's what the president is saying, you know, that he's going to keep fighting. And that's why he should still go ahead and, and set up a special counsel to look into this question of fraud. Uh, and also, look, the Justice Department is one of the biggest cesspools in the swamp. And the fact that this has not been cleaned out uh, is a major uh, liability for the president. You know, people say, well, the Justice Department is supposed to be, is not supposed to be his attorneys. No, but they're supposed to make sure that the institution of the presidency is protected. And instead, they were on the other side. And to not to not recognize the fraud in something that's so obvious. I mean, this is so obvious a coup. The data is coming back because there's, there's hundreds and hundreds of people that are analyzing the data they do have. And it's showing that it was a, a landslide. Every state except maybe New York came in for Trump. And there were many other seats that were, uh, that were overturned as well. So, for the Justice Department not to take a stand on that, for courts not to take a stand on that, I don't, do you think the American people are just going to accept this and say, we'll take in Biden? I mean, I don't think anybody actually voted for, I mean, not in numbers, 75% of the people, the way it looks, around voted for Trump. So do you really think they can cram Biden down our throat without people saying, I'm, he's not my president. I'm not going to accept him as the leader of this country. Well, that becomes a, a much more complicated question because if you're not going to accept a Biden presidency, if he's imposed on us by the institutions of government, then you're in a potential civil war situation. Now, the question is, uh, does this have to become a violent situation or not? And I, I personally believe that there are other options than to uh, you know, pull out the guns and start shooting. Uh, look, Biden is really not the person who's going to be president very long. And even if he is in office for four years, he's not going to be making the decisions any more than Obama made the decisions. You know, Sarah, one of the things we should, I hope we can discuss in, in the course of, the, of this uh, discussion is the central nature of the Great Reset. Yes, I want to talk about the powers behind this, 
because it's all being teed up as China. And I want to talk about what's really behind China. Because every time I talk to different guests, they bring up China. I'm like, yeah, but the globalists are behind China. I want to talk about that, like you said. So, yeah, the, the centralists behind the Great Reset, because that is the big pushing. That's what's going on here. That's the global banker's dictatorship. And I know you and I talked about this uh, the summer of 2019. Yes. When the Jackson Hole, Wyoming uh, conference took place. And Mark Carney, the former head of the Bank of England, put forward a proposal for what he called financial regime change. It was backed up by Larry Fink, the CEO of BlackRock, and four former central bankers who worked on a BlackRock team that laid out exactly what they intended to do. And uh, you know, if you follow this thread through, you'll see why they had to carry out such a reckless, open conspiracy to destroy the Trump administration. The financial system is finished. It was finished as of the summer of 2019, just as it had been in the summer of 2007 when Lyndon LaRouche forecast that the whole system was going to go. The, what they did is they tried papering it over for a while. The, the uh, so-called uh, repo markets, the Federal Reserve quantitative easing. But they knew at a certain point that wouldn't work because the problem was not liquidity. They pumped liquidity like crazy. The problem is liquidity was going to insolvent companies and banks. And so giving liquidity in the form of loans or even free money to insolvent companies doesn't work. And so the decision was made by people like Carney, uh, Michael Bloomberg, who's an important player in this, uh, uh, Prince Charles, uh, Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. You know, you, you can go down a list of the leading financial institutions and their connections to intelligence community networks and to certain military contractors and, and other uh, global cartels. They all are moving toward this proposal. The, the financial regime change is this. The central banks, like the Federal Reserve, Bank of England, the European Central Bank, already have the power to control credit and currency, monetary policy. But under constitutions, especially our constitution, they don't control spending. They don't control fiscal policy, budget. That's in the hands of elected officials in the Congress. Now, we may not like what they do or agree with them, but they're the ones who are supposed to determine where money gets spent. The proposal for financial regime change is that that now be turned over to the central banks who will appoint technocrats who will decide where money should be spent. So in a sense, Sarah, what they're already doing is anticipating doing away with elections. What does it matter who you elect for your congressman if he has no control over budget, no control over defense policy, yes. no control over exactly. uh, civil rights and, and legal matters. That's what they're doing. They're moving it even not even outside a national sphere into a global cartel. And, and these people are evil. I just want to tell you, these people, this global cartel is evil. Keep going. And I've covered well, that a lot. Let's, let's go further. Let's go further, Sarah. They're satanic. They hate people. They are satanic. They're Luciferian. Yes. They believe that the world is overpopulated. 
They believe that we're all a bunch of, of little animals who are fighting for our, our own scraps. And that as long as they can keep us focused in the most narrow way with our tribe, with our family, with our religion, with our race, you know, that's what identity politics is. That's what geopolitics is. You keep people focused on something below the level of a national mission. And what blew the circuits for them was when Donald Trump talked about sovereignty, national sovereignty. This was a campaign that was launched in the 1980s and 90s by people like Walt Riston of Citibank, who wrote a book called The Twilight of Sovereignty. This is what Tony Blair was talking about every time he came to the United States. He said the era of sovereignty is over, and it's going to be replaced by what they called the responsibility to protect. Now, what is that? That's regime change. That's giving to the technocrats or the establishment, the powers, the ability to determine who is the legitimate government. And if you don't like them, you coup them, the way Hillary did with Gaddafi, the way it was done in uh, Iraq against Saddam, what was done in Ukraine against the Yanukovych government, and what they tried to do in Syria. The, the irony is that the agencies that do this, the CIA, the NSA, and then the private groups like the National Endowment for Democracy, uh, the Soros Foundation, they then turned on the United States. They used the, what was used on foreign governments in terms of cyber warfare against the people of the United States. Now, here's the question of China that I think people have to look at. The well, can I ask you a question yeah. about China? Yeah. And and tell and I, I know you have you're supportive of China, but I I want to ask you and because we have been a puppet, our military, our intelligence agencies are a puppet for this globalist, very wealthy cult that's on the top of this planet. Right. I would say that China's military, their intelligence is being used the same way our intelligence is being used. They are a threat to the United States right now because the globalists want them to be a threat. They want us to be at odds with each other, but the people aren't at odds with each other. It's the tools that they're using of our countries because there is the China military. There is a buildup. There are, there is infiltration, but it's really an illusion because behind our military and our CIA and all the, the crap we do around the world are the globalists. And now they're using China against us. Well, let me, if, if I can just take it back a little bit in history, the Mao revolution was very much run by British intelligence operations. Exactly. And the Chinese Communist the, the Chinese Communist Party, like the Bolsheviks, had a very significant yeah, influence the Bolsheviks. from British banks, some from Germany on the Bolshevik Revolution and, and so on. But they were not for the Russian people or the Chinese people. No. They, they were global looters. Now, what happened with China then in the 70s, after the the uh, after Mao died, the Cultural Revolution was overturned. Uh, Deng Xiaoping came in. The decision was made to use China to replace high wage labor and skilled labor in the United States by corporations that pushed the free trade agreements so that we could use Chinese labor and Chinese parts and Chinese materials and so on. They were counting on the fact that China as an authoritarian nation, 
would not allow strikes, would not have environmental regulations and so on, so you could keep the prices down. Now, I'll tell you what happened, and this is what people don't believe or don't want to look at. The section, sections of the Chinese government, government and military made a commitment at a certain point to appropriate the skills and the technologies that were behind these factories and manufacturing and make them available for the Chinese people, which meant they wanted to raise wages. They wanted to improve living standards. And this became a threat to the globalist model that the authoritarian Chinese government would keep the Chinese as a submissive people who would produce cheap goods for Walmart for the American consumer. So there has been a regime change operation against China and against Putin by the same people targeting Donald Trump. Now, that doesn't mean that everyone in China is good or means well. There are people in the military, as there are in any military, who think that there are threats to their country and therefore they'll prepare for whatever contingencies they need to prepare for to defend their country, including invasion well, and subversion, like yeah, the way we've been doing. But what I'm saying is that what people are missing is that the same George Soros, who carries out regime change against Putin and against in, in Ukraine and against other governments, and who targeted Donald Trump, is also targeting the Chinese government because the Chinese government has refused to completely adopt the Western banking model. And this is really a crucial point. Uh, in, after 2008, the Chinese launched a huge campaign against speculators. What did we do in this country? We rewarded the speculators and penalized the hardworking people. So I, I think it's too simple to say China's an enemy of ours uh, I think you put it right. The globalists see any nationalist movement as a threat. And their goal is to pit those countries against each other, to pit the U.S. and China against each other, China and Russia against each other, and so on. That's what geopolitics is. And the president, when he came in, was a complete and total threat to that system, which had been pretty smooth under Bush and Obama, and was expected to be continued by Hillary. Trump was against it. Trump said every nation has the right to sovereignty, not just the United States. But we have a constitutional process. Some of these other countries don't really have the same kind of constitutional process to guarantee that. Now what we're seeing, as in this Washington Post, two editorials I mentioned, is they're attacking the constitutional process that, that we built almost 250 years ago and that has served our nation so well. They're out to destroy that. So our fight should be to find other nations that wish to have sovereign uh, national development against the globalist gangsters. They should be our allies. Isn't that the problem, though, is that the, they have so much money, so much power, so much blackmail and evil behavior. Nothing is below them, appears that they use all these tools and all these things and they pit the countries against each other so that they won't have sovereign nations. Yeah. And we have to, we have to be aware enough. We still have to guard ourselves against uh, China because you know, they're going to use their tools and they're going to use all their people. Just like, our, look at how our, how many people are lining up and not acknowledging the fraud here. 
they got the same issue over in China and those are, that's their weapon. So we have to be very careful. So this is a difficult challenge that we have on our hands. You know, what, what we're seeing is the end of a system. That's what we're really dealing with.